there. Welcome back to The Truth is Somewhere, a conspiracy theory podcast. Megan, what are we talking about? Today we're going to talk about the Bridgewater Triangle. We're just on a kick about triangles. Triangles. Really. Triangles. You know who else is on a kick about triangles? Who? The Illuminati. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess because like, the all-seeing eye is a triangle, huh? There Pyramids you are a triangle. Okay. There okay. There you have it. Um, so the Bridgewater Triangle is in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And it's just 30 miles south of Boston. Uh-huh. And it's 200 square miles, and its points align with Abington, Freetown, and Rehoboth. I have no idea where any of those are. Me neither, but Wait. they form the points of the... Wait, so what... Where in the world is this? In Massachusetts, I oh, already Massachusetts. said that. Oh, Massachusetts. Oh, you did. Okay. I'd I'm sorry, I missed Massachusetts. South of Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the town of Bridgewater, Bridgewater lies smack dab in the middle of the triangle. And it was named for that town in the 70s by cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman. Okay. Um, note here, I w- like as I was doing the research and I was typing this out, I was thinking about how funny it is that there's people who are zoologists for animals that don't exist. Uh, so, zoologists for Pokemon. Yeah. And big feet. And big feet, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with small feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, this triangle is commonly called a vortex and is home to a host of strange happenings going back centuries. Oh, nice. Uh, Historically, the area was inhabited by Native Americans. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And the 16,950-acre swamp within the triangle is named Holcomoc, which translates to place where spirits dwell. It ends with muck, though. Or mock or moak. Oh, okay. Let's be clear here. I don't speak this language, so... Swamps aren't clear. We don't need to be. (laughs) Um, The natives thought that the swamp swamp was magical, and they treated it as though it were sacred. Mm -hmm. And when English settlers moved in, they feared the swamp and called it Devil Swamp. So right there, like right off the bat, you have two, two different cultures... Who treat this swamp as like something? Something well, right. is there. Like there's something more there. You know, and whether that, it's spooky or it's spiritual, and that's fine. That could just be the Native American, Native Americans passing that on to the settlers. It could be. Uh, and, you know, people back then were very, very superstitious. That's like, true. They we were... have some superstitious people now, but like they got nothing. And on... it was like widely, like everyone was superstitious. Everybody was because. Like because we didn't have we didn't have science to say otherwise, so yeah. uh, I think that makes a lot of sense that there's still a there's still a, a triangle, mm-hmm. a vortex there because people believe there is, and that you know grandparents tell their children tell their children. You're already children. debunking it, and you haven't even heard anything about it. There we go. The truth truth is somewhere. Like, <laughs> comment, subscribe. No, I didn't do all this research for absolutely nothing. You asshole. <laughs> There it is. We found the truth. You mean the truth that you're an asshole? Yeah, why not? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, please continue. Yes, thank uh-huh. you. Um, the English settlers moved... Uh, they found the swamp difficult to navigate, and it contained plants and animals with which they were not familiar, mm-hmm. which makes it make sense that they would like kind of fear it a little bit, because it's just unknown. It's not necessarily that there's something spooky going on, they just don't know about it. Okay, yeah. Um... In 1675, a war broke out between the natives and the settlers, and this war is referred to as King Philip's War after the chief of the Wampanoag, whom settlers called King Philip, even though his name was Metacomet, because we have to anglicize fucking everything. 
they just started calling him King Philip. Like the yeah. like town like Bridgewater, the town of Bridgewater, I think was one of the towns that had like a King Philip Way or like King oh, Philip really? Drive and it was like oh man, we're the worst. Well, yeah. That's actually still kind of common in today's yeah. today's world because um well, I had a, a teacher um from Kenya. Mhm named Wanabisi, mm-hmm. and uh, he had an English name. Oh. Well, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward. Oh. <laughs> Why yeah. Edward? And he said, never call me it. Edward? He's like, never. He's because, he's like, he he said the reason that they did it was because it was easier for people to remember the name Edward than it is Wanabisi, and you don't have to explain the name Edward. That's true, right? he's fairly like, normal. He's like... So he, he had it when he was young, and he used it when he was young, and he was like, after that, he was like, never call me it. Never, because we're in a, a world now where it doesn't need to be used. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I think is interesting. That that still kind of exists. But really famous case of, of that uh, is Pocahontas. Yeah. That wasn't mm-hmm. actually her name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, she was like also called Princess something. I really, like, I find it interesting that they haven't, changed the name from King Philip to, like, his actual name. Mm-hmm. Like, the name of the roads. Because, mm. like... Because it's... <sighs> it... So, yeah, his name was something else, but it still holds historical value. Sure. Also, uh, we still celebrate Columbus Day. It's just kind of like the whitewashing of America really bothers me. Anyway. Why'd I won't you say get into it like that. that. I won't get into it. I'm Why not, did you say not it like gonna that? get on my soapbox today. It's okay. No soapboxes today. Uh-huh. Anyway, there's a war. They call it King Philip's War because we Anglicize everything. Yes, yes. And uh, much of the war took place in the swamp, okay. as the natives could easily navigate it and knew the settlers were unsure and afraid of it, so they sense. used it to their their advantage. King Philip sounds like a smart guy. Um unfortunately though, smarts weren't enough. And 14 months later, the natives lost the war, and Metacomet was caught and decapitated. Oh. Uh, today, people still find the swamp to be spiritually active and believe that those who died during the war haunt the swamp. Okay. And locals report feeling watched while in the swamp, hearing blood-curdling screams, and seeing ghostly apparitions of dancing natives and burning fires. Oh. Yeah. You think they have a mold problem in the swamp? Maybe? I mean, that would be a place that mold would like to grow. I would think. Yeah. It's wet and damp. Well, same. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. Same meaning. Uh, would you like to explain why you're asking about mold? Uh, I mean, sure. Uh, it's a... They're uh, starting to connect... Uh, some scientists somewhere. I don't know. It's been a long time since I read this. Is starting to connect uh, hallucinating in... Um, old houses to um, mold because old houses tend to have mold in them mm-hmm. and lots of mold in them because they're old and yeah mold finds a way to manage to grow everywhere and the mold um as we breathe it in causes minor hallucination hallucinations hallucinations words are hard words are hard yeah <laughs> uh anyways so you hear bumps mm-hmm. see things out of the corner of your eyes from these minor uh illusions mm-hmm. right so yeah. uh so that is actually a really big explanation for hauntings mm-hmm. and like this house older is haunted. houses are the ones that generally we would think being really haunted yeah. like really old houses yeah. mm-hmm. especially 
and they're the ones that probably have the least amount of uh, weather protection. Mm-hmm, so true. they're the ones they're to get the most amount well of moisture. Yeah. Uh, they're the ones that are gonna also with that that on that note alone, Old Houses Creek mm-hmm. because wood changes size based oh, yeah. on yeah, yeah, its yeah, temperature. Yeah. So could explain a lot. Could explain why a door might swing open slightly mm-hmm. because something shifted and caused the door to want to move that direction. To be clear, I hate this explanation because it's so fucking logical, but um, I believe in ghosts, and I think you guys already know that Corey absolutely does not believe in ghosts. Um, like, I don't believe in conspiracies and stuff like that, but I, I definitely, like, I eat up the paranormal stuff. Yeah, I might not believe in ghosts, but I believe in healing crystals. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Even a little bit. No. No. Uh, but very science-minded you are. I am uh, at least a little bit science-minded. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I. I can't disprove it. I can't disprove right. that ghosts don't exist. I just choose to believe in what I can see and yeah. not, not necessarily disbelieve mm-hmm. in the fact that spirits exist. But I'm not going to focus on believing in them until there's proof for me to believe in them and i someone might tell me oh they saw a ghost and if i can explain it with my uh rational world mm-hmm. knowledge then you're sorry, gonna ruin it yeah i'm not gonna believe in I it i get it if you if you stump me mm-hmm. if you stump me then i might go oh you you might have something and yeah. i'm gonna try to look for answers but i might go to my grave going maybe that was something maybe it was something like maybe it was it actually was something. something yeah yeah so tell me about the these ghosts in the swamps. Well, back to the the triangle at hand. Okay. Um, we're pretty much done with the ghosts for now. Oh. Uh, but strange animals appear to occupy the swamp along with the spirits. Thunderbirds are often sighted in the swamp. So mm-hmm. thunderbirds are giant birds similar to condors that in some tribes are said to have great powers. Okay. So it's like a, a, a Native American kind of like folkloric mm-hmm. mythical beast. Um. They aren't known to actually exist, mm-hmm. but that doesn't stop people from seeing giant pterodactyl-like creatures in the swamp. Mm. Uh, even police sergeant Thomas Downey claims to have seen a condor during a summer night around 2 a.m. in 1971. Okay. He was driving to his home in Easton, which lies on the edge of the swamp, when he saw an enormous bird-like creature that was over six feet tall and had an eight to 12 foot wingspan. That's, that's fucking big. I mean, six feet. That's, that's huge. That's, yeah. That's huge. Real fucking yeah. big. Uh, that is a big bird. I'm not even sure if, That like, is bigger than Big Bird. Well, no. Big Bird's taller than But six Big feet. Bird has a little wingspan. Well, big Bird is... Big Bird's not a very good bird. He's <laughs> like a penguin. Big Bird's like an ineffective bird. Or an ostrich. Or maybe know. like a chicken. A really big chicken. <laughs> a real big chicken. Yeah. Uh, but that's a, that's a terrifying bird. I yeah. mean, did you see it fly? That did it say... No, I didn't say. Just that he, like, encountered it. And then he called the sighting into the Easton police, who searched high and low but never found the Thunderbird. No, what a surprise. Uh, Downey still stands by his story, though. And other people have reported seeing giant snakes that appear every seven years. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, this folklore there that these huge, like, monstrous snakes show up every seven years. Mm. Like, nobody sees them except for every seven years. Um... 
In the 70s, local police officers even claimed that nothing surprised them out of the Bridgewater Triangle anymore, because just the week before, someone had found an actual legitimate eight-foot boa constrictor, and the police had no idea where it came from. Wow. So they're just like... That's crazy. Nothing surprises us. This shit comes out of here. We don't, like... We don't know. And every summer, they have to deal with the bog donkeys. Yes, the bog donkeys. Yeah, bog donkeys. Yeah. So what uh, What else did they see other than eight-foot book constrictors and the summer bog donkeys? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, our favorite cryptid, actually, Bigfoot. Oh! Yeah, Bigfoot yeah. likes to hang out in the Swamp Bridgewater thing. Triangle. Swamp thing. Uh, in 1970, reports of a seven-foot-tall hairy monster launched a search for a bear. Like, along with fo- footprints they had found, because the footprints were so big, they were like, it's gotta be a bear. It's gotta be a bear. Um, Though the police used dogs to track the creature, nothing was ever found, and to this day, Bigfoot is still often sighted in the area and appears to be very calm and as shy as ever. Of course. Mm-hmm. He's really good at avoiding cameras. So good. It's like his magic power. Yeah, his magic power is he's an alien and he gets in his UFO and goes away. Good thing that you just started talking about aliens, because that's the next thing on the list. I knew. It's like you predicted that. It's like... Are you actually a psychic? I'm actually an Illuminati. Oh, Confirmed. <laughs> so on May 10th, 1760, residents in Roxbury and Bridgewater claimed to hear noise echoing from the sky, followed by a gl- glowing shape so bright that it appeared in broad daylight. Ooh. So, like, it was brighter than the sun, pretty much. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, this account was listed in literally everything I looked at for the Bridgewater Triangle, and all of those sources said that it was, quote, documented, but none of them said where it was documented. Mm. And... I didn't dive too deeply because I didn't want to get sucked in for, like, five hours trying to find something. Uh-huh. But credible historical documentation absolutely does not come up in any, like, cursory Google search or, like, looking through newspaper articles or anything like that. Like, looking through archives. I couldn't find it anywhere. So where the fuck this is documented, I don't know. Because even, the, like, the the textbooks that I found... Textbooks. I yeah, use yeah. the term loosely. That, like, pretend to be academic works. Mm-hmm that talked about this didn't give a citation to the source that it was documented in. So I feel like it's like somebody told somebody, told somebody, told somebody, and like 16 generations later, somebody was like, I'm going to write this down. And now it's documented. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... Aliens. Yeah, so people obviously, they they, they cite this as a UFO. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some people claim this is the first recorded UFO sighting in the United States, but there's actually one from the 1600s that oh. also claims to be the first recorded. Mm. So, I don't know. There's some arguments there, and maybe we'll dive more into that. Like, I'll give a timeline of UFOs in general in the United States later. Okay. But. All right. So, uh, uh, early, earliest... One of the earliest spottings. One of the earliest spottings. Of uh, unidentified flying <laughs> It was objects. probably a meteor. And when did they say this was? 1760. That's that's quite some time ago. That 1760, is. that's... I believe that's, bef- that's before the Constitution. That's before that's, we were America. Yeah, that's... That's uh, a fact. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... Uh, that's a... That is definitely credible. Oh, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Well documented. Mm-hmm. Well documented. Like, maybe on a stone. I don't know. <laughs> it's on the back of the Constitution. <laughs> it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
On Halloween in 1908, newspapers reported another UFO sighting. John Flynn and Philip Prophet reported seeing a bright light in the sky shortly before 4 p.m. They claimed the light resembled a searchlight and was traveling quickly before it just disappeared. Okay. Newspapers reported that all of the balloons that had been in the air in Massachusetts were accounted for, and this sighting remained a mystery. Like weather balloons, essentially. Okay. So they were like, yeah. it's not a weather balloon. At this point, it's literally an unidentified flying object because nobody knows what it is. So not UFO yeah. in the sense of, of, like, aliens, but something that nobody knew what it was. Um, and if the government balloon. knew what it was, they didn't own up to it. I mean, it, it could have been a weather balloon from somewhere else. Sure. That um, drifted in. And then traveled quickly away and disappeared? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Um, I actually did find a real newspaper article on this from the Lowell Sun, so that was pretty exciting. I was like... The Lowell? L-O-L? Lowell. 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 Lowell Sun. So I was really, really excited. I was like, I found one! Found a real article! And then... That was it. I just, I found a real article oh, about I, this specifically. You were getting so excited about it. I was expecting the, no, I was, I was just expecting excited, the roller coaster to Especially to after out. the last one where I was like, where is this documented? Okay. This doesn't exist. Like this was actually a newspaper article. Oh. So that was exciting. Okay. That's all. Um, Local news will write about anything. So we're going to fast forward roughly 90 years. Oh, okay. And in 1994, a Bridgewater police officer claimed to see a quote, triangular shaped craft with red and white lights. And reporters and other witnesses have seen a pentagonal-shaped UFO. And, like, you can actually... So there, there's interviews with those reporters. Uh -huh. Like, like recent interviews with those reporters saying that they saw this shape. Like, lots of people have seen the shape. Okay. So there's definitely, like, something weird going on. Whether or not that's aliens, I don't know. But, like, maybe... I don't know. Maybe it's, like... The Canadians are testing some sort of aircraft and aren't owning up to it, for I all mean, I know. maybe, but over Massachusetts seems a little, a little crazy. And only Massachusetts is claiming to see it? Yeah, I don't know. Something, something more is going on, because lots of people, lots of corroborated yeah. stories about, about this specific shape. Um, maybe it was people uh, lighting those little candle lanterns up in the air, and from the right perspective, they made pentagons. Maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm best part yeah even ronald reagan mm -hmm. even ronald reagan saw mysterious craft while flying over a ledge in freetown forest which is part of the triangle okay uh the craft presented as a light follow and followed his plane before elongating and shooting into the sky at a 45 degree angle Ooh. this happened in 1974 when reagan was still the governor of california okay i was gonna ask if it was uh, um, before his presidency yeah and he relayed the information to a friend norman c miller who happened to work I think for the Wall Street Journal at that time. Mm -hmm. And the way that Norman C. Miller explains it is that, like, he was just telling his buddy, he was like, this thing happened. And then as soon as he, like, remembered that his buddy was also, like, part of the press, he, like, clammed up and wouldn't talk about it anymore. Oh, yeah. But his story is corroborated by the guy who was flying his plane. Like, okay. the pilot, um, so, Bill Painter, also saw it and did talk about it. So his buddy still published it? I think maybe long after his presidency okay, okay. he talked about it because like if if he didn't i don't think it was then didn't beforehand like yeah if he did beforehand and he published it anyway it's like you're a dick man yeah no kidding like you're not my friend at all yeah yeah no i think that it didn't get spoken about until long after reagan's presidency okay okay um 
So that same legend, Freetown State Forest, also plays home to ghostly apparitions standing on the legend jumping off before they mysteriously vanish into thin air. So, like, mm-hmm. the ghosts of suicidal people. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then paranormal investigator John Brighton said that while he was at the ledge, a spirit told him to jump or leave. Come on, man, get it over with. <laughs> Quit waffling. Make up your mind. Uh, are you joining us or are you getting out of the pool, man? <laughs> like, should I get off the pot? Like, Trust me, dude. It's still pretty depressing on this side. Uh, <laughs> we thought we'd end it. Now we're stuck Now we're here. stuck doing this in a perpetual loop. How yeah. much would that suck? Like, that's the shittiest, like... I think... Oh, man. I think if, like we still had the same emotions as we did as a human i think there'd come a point where you're like you maybe start looking forward to it because you're like this is a rush it's a rush you're like Ooh. i'm gonna jump off this thing but i'm not gonna get hurt and then at what point did they're like like i think after that after the rush they're just like eh whatever yeah you know like eh, Wouldn't i'm not you even scared stop doing anymore. it eventually you'd just be like i'm just gonna hang out here at the bottom of the cliff and just lay here i think that's probably what would happen with me i'd be like I'm not doing this anymore. Death is futile. Or <laughs> maybe they're cursed. Maybe. They're cursed. Sure. Maybe they're cursed to stand up there. And jump. Until they, until they again, jump. Otherwise, again, they just have to stand up there. And again. Yeah. And again. Well, that's miserable. Mm-hmm. Every day, they have to jump. So if the, if the, the suicidal jumpers who also tell you to jump isn't creepy enough for you, there's also a red-headed hitchhiker on Route 44 that vanishes when people stop to pick him up. Oh, Daryl. Yeah, yeah. I know that guy. He runs into the bushes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, like, some people are, like, he's even made it to their car, and then he just disappears. Mm. Or one person was like, I hit him, and he just disappeared. Like, yeah. They have a lot of mushrooms up there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is all mold. But there's also, ooh, this one's the worst. I think I would I would lose my shit if this happened to me. Because there's also a haunting semi-truck <laughs> that is said to tailgate people honking his horn and, like, waving his arms erratically. Uh-huh. And then it just vanishes. Okay. And it's happened to multiple people. I think it'd be scarier if, like, you look in your rearview mirror and there's a semi-truck, like, speeding towards you honking until it reaches you and then it vanishes. That would be terrifying. I'd still be, t- I'd be terrified if it was tailgating me. I would put my brakes on and be like, fuck you, dude. If you got, if you were tailgated by a semi-truck and you brake-checked them, semi-trucks cannot stop, you would be dead. I wouldn't be dead. He'd be paying for it. No, no. they literally, like, if you're in a smaller car, they will literally crunch over the top of you. I don't drive a smaller I've car. I've seen pictures. I don't I've drive seen a pictures. Pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not talking about like slamming on my brakes. I'm talking about just like a little, like a little. Get the fuck off of me, man! Like slow down just a little bit. Like flash my brakes at him. Like come on, man! Quit being a dick. And then he disappears. Stupid ghosts. What would you do if like you're being tailgated by a big ass semi truck and it literally just disappeared into thin air? What I would, would you do legitimately? I, le- legitimately, I would pull my car over and then probably get out of it. <laughs> Take the keys out of the ignition, <laughs> set them on the seat, close the door, and then, like, sit on the hood and get on my phone and be like, I think someone spiked my drink. Like, somehow I'm drunk. Someone, please <laughs> come pick me up. I am hallucinating. I need, I need to be picked up. I can't drive right now. I'm so freaked out. I think there was a semi-truck tailgating me. 
I don't know what I saw. It it disappeared. Please pick me up. Okay. Yeah. That's I just what imagine I would say. somebody comes to get you and it happens to them too, and there's just this line of cars of people who have like people are all, all just their friends, they're all just sitting there like silently just wide eyed staring at the ground like <sighs> We all saw this. We it? all must be collectively drunk. Like, yeah. Um so in the nineties Freetown police started receiving reports of mutilated cats and cows, as well as native animals, to the forest. Mm -hmm. The police determined that all of them appeared to have been killed in a ritualistic manner. A perpetrator was never found, and it remains a mystery to this day. Ooh. This is important for later. Okay. So, there's that. Add that to the weird stuff happening in the forest, and you've got yourself a Satanism conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. Um, this may not be entirely unfounded, as in the late 70s, an underground bunker was discovered in the forest that contained several things defined as, quote, cultish. Cultish. Okay. I don't know what cultish means. You know, it's kind of like, like cult. Like, they found black robes and scented candles. Ish. Like, no, those were just, like, fucking teenagers having, like, sex parties or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't a cult. Yeah. That was just teenagers being teenagers in the 70s. Like, um... What? I'm giggling because of the kids mm -hmm. in the 70s that were cult-ish. Cult-ish. Yeah. 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 We're, you know, we're kind of dabbling with the whole cult thing. We're not like a full cult. We're just kind of like cult-ish, you know? We, we get drunk and pull out the Ouija board. <laughs> pull out the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. We get drunk and pull out the Ouija board, and we ask it who I'm going to marry someday. Ooh. Yeah. Death. <laughs> so, people believe the bunker was used to carry out rituals and possibly even human sacrifices. Oh, okay. So, not so much uh, getting drunk and asking Ouija boards who we're going to marry. <laughs> <laughs> who am I going to marry? Kill Sam. Oh, if I kill Sam, I'll find out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward to the 80s, police found a pentagram on the ground along with other designs made of seemingly carefully placed stones. Police took away the pentagram and moved all the stones, only to have everything back in the exact same place the next day. Motherfucking cops moving my goddamn rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think of. <laughs> I mean, what else? Come on. <laughs> well, obviously, it's a satanic cult. Obviously. obviously. And they're mad that the cops moved their rocks. Well, yeah, I'd be mad, too, if I went through all that work. Um, there's also the case of a pimp and satanic cult leader. His oh. name was Carl Drew. And he used an name. ice shack in the forest to commit a series of murders. Mm -hmm. Drew allegedly used the threat of his Satanist magical abilities to keep his girls in line. Mm -hmm. And Drew began murdering some of his girls as ritual sacrifices in the late 70s. This is real? For real. Okay. For real, he did this. Suppo supposedly, Satanists and cultists love the forest because of its remote location, that but sense. also because it has an undercurrent of dark energy that they can tap into for their rituals. Dark energy. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, do you think? Okay, so I, I have this image of my in my head of like all these people wearing black robes, mm -hmm. except for the pimp. And he has a cane <laughs> like and the bright like purple. bright purple yeah. leopard print collar, big wide brim hat with a feather sticking out of it. No, I don't think so because he was a Satanist cult leader. 
So I don't really see him dressing like that stereotypical. Oh, come on, I know that, picture. but I, I'm trying to paint the picture. I get it. It's kind okay. of funny. And he's like stabbing some girl in the chest, and there's like blood flying everywhere. But he's in his like comical purple, yeah, like, bell bottom suit type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, white bell bottoms. Oh, Jesus. Well, I don't know about a zoot suit, but yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, kind of. I could see like, that in a zoot the suit. The Jondi hat. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Zoot suit as long as he's wearing bell bottoms. Alright, because it's the 70s. I'll give it to you. Right, right, in his um, snakeskin boots. Oh, gross. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Stabbing her with his cane. Oh, yeah. Oh, because it's probably one of those canes that comes apart with oh, a knife yeah. inside of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this is a serious podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really should add dark humor as our as one of our tags. You should. We literally just talked about I know. pimps doing ritual sacrifices. Satan is cult leader pimps. <laughs> As you shake your head and put your hand on your forehead. I'm so ashamed, except I'm not. I'm yeah. not ashamed. Like, yeah. this is the shit that we, like, laugh about. I mean, sometimes things get heavy enough that, like, you can't do anything but laugh. Like, you mm. have to, and you have to make a joke You're out of it. You're absolutely right. And that's, like, this guy was fucking nuts. And he literally ritually sacrificed women who worked for him, probably not of their own volition, who he was probably feeding, like, cocaine and heroin Mm -hmm. to keep them, like, coming back, because now they're addicted and they have nowhere else to go, and now he's fucking ritually, like, sacrificing them because he's he's a nut job. That's really heavy, and that's really difficult to deal with, and it's much easier to deal with if you imagine him with his jaunty hat and his white bell bottoms. Yeah. There you have it. But also, fuck that douchebag, because he actually did the thing. Yeah, pretty horrible dude. Um, so the forest is also home to a host of brutal murders. So other than just, you know, this crazy asshole ritually sacrificing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his horse, uh... Um, it's host to lots of brutal murders, disappearances, and unsolved crimes. Okay. Uh, one of the most famous crimes was the 1978 murder of 15-year-old Mary Lou Aruda, who was found tied to a tree in the forest. Oh. Yeah. Um, I won't get too into detail about, about, um, what happened to her, but she got, she got kidnapped and tied, like, brutally molested and beaten, mm-hmm. tied to That's a tree. And the guy choked her. Essentially, what they think happened is he choked her until she passed out, and then she was likely alive, but she sagged and asphyxiated herself on what she was tied to the tree with. Sure. So, um, if you want to hear all about that case, and actually how I ended up finding out about the this the Bridgewater Triangle was from another podcast. It's a much bigger podcast. Everybody's already probably heard of it, but it's called Small Town Murder, and I'm way behind the times because this is like... Over a year ago, they covered this story, sure. but uh, they were they were talking about her, and they happened to bring up the Bridgewater Triangle. They don't talk about cryptids and conspiracies or anything like that. They just talk about murder. Mm-hmm. But like, it piqued my interest, obviously, as I was listening to it because I have a like a bone for true crime. I love true crime, and so when they they brought it up, I was like writing that down. I'm gonna research it. Anyway. Can't recommend that podcast enough. You can go listen to the one about Maria Lou Aruda. I think it was episode two. So, oh, really okay. good, really good, really good podcast. Really good episode. There you have it. Um, in 2015, so even like more recent stuff. Okay. Uh, the bodies of two women were found in the woods, and their murders appeared to also be ritualistic in nature. So it's not like 
I don't know if it draws Satanists because it drew Satanists. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's a remote location, so, like, people... And, like, I want to use the term Satanist really loosely here because I understand that people who actually, okay, like, practice... Who actually practice Satanism, like, aren't these, these crazy ritual sacrifice, mm-hmm. like, kill the virgin kind of people. I yeah. get that, like, this is a legitimate religion that doesn't preach this kind of stuff, but it's, like, I don't... I guess we can just call them cultists, because mm-hmm. we don't have another word for it, because this is what people call it. Sure. They call it Satanism. It's mm-hmm. not, like, it's 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 a cult, it's whatever of, it is. because of the roots of Christianity in yeah. this country. That's why that's why it commonly just gets that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm using the term Satanism because it's the term that's used most widely. It's the term mm-hmm. that's going to be the most easily understood when I use it. But I'm also making it very clear that I don't necessarily believe that these people were actually practicing okay. Satanists. Sure. Makes sense. We're cult crazy people. That that's what we need to know. Um, so I don't know if it was that initially its remote location attracted weird cult crazy people who would be willing to sacrifice human beings in a ritualistic manner. Okay. And then because it had already happened, more weird cult crazy people just happened to flock there to do it. I think that kind of makes sense. And then sense. I also don't know, like, if they're happening in this triangle at a higher incident than they're happening outside of the triangle. Okay, so you haven't looked. I don't no. know the statistics I on mean... that. I'd be willing to bet that if it, because it ha- has gained popularity and it's like, oh, the Bridgewater Triangle, and now it's, it's, yeah. it's like, it's got this dark undercurrent of energy and it'll help you commit your rituals and blah, 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 people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there are insane people in there twisted. It seems like there could be a good argument that it happens more here just because they are attracted to that area because it is so popular now. I mean, I kind of agree that that is, there's a good chance of that because uh, Seattle is the suicide capital and a lot mm-hmm. of that is theorized to be one it's partially theorized to be because of the weather mm-hmm. but it's also uh theorized to be because it is more of a fad here yeah so theorists believe that the same person who was responsible for the animal mutilations has been committing violent murders for decades and still remains at large so they just basically like some people are like we have a serial killer this is a serial killer mm-hmm. that's never been caught and i actually like i lend some credence to that because there are definitely prolific serial killers who killed for yeah. Decades. They only come up every once in a while, uh, and once it starts getting hot, they stop doing it. Yeah. Or they get a couple, and then they stop doing it. Yeah. Um, so, finally, and this is the really funny one, I saved the best for last. Oh, good. The forest is also said to be home to a race of small humanoid creatures known as puck wedgies. Puck wedgies? <laughs> They're named that by the Wampanoag. I don't know what it means. Um... But they are described as being troll-like and only two to three feet tall. Mm-hmm. They have hairy gray skin that supposedly also sometimes glows. Oh. And they're also downright mischievous little fucking assholes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're like American leprechauns. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, they like to startle, push, and shove visitors to the forest. And some people have had rocks or sand thrown in their face or have been wrestled with by the puck wedgies. And they are said to have magical powers and the ability to shapeshift and are given a wide berth by the Wampanoag. Oh. Yeah, like, don't fuck with these. These little fuckers are awful. Oh, right? fuck wedgies. I, I love know, their names. I know. Um, some people actually blame them for the number of people who have fallen off of cliffs to their deaths. Mm. So, like, some people are like, no, those little fuckers push people. Oh, okay. Can you imagine you're, like, out on a hike, like, beautiful, serene forest looking out over the thing and a 
two to three foot tall, hairy, gray-skinned, glowing bastard just comes up and pushes you like, <laughs> and then you find out after you're dead and you're stuck there in this perpetual loop of falling off this cliff mm-hmm. that you were killed by something called a puck wedgie. Yep. Puck wedgie. Mm-hmm. A wedgie you just can't pick. A wedgie you can't pick? Mm-hmm. There you have it. That's the whole story about the Bridgewater the Bridgewater Triangle. Yep, and I believe it's the puck wedgies. You believe it's the puck wedgies? Absolutely. Think, no. I think I think that uh, you shouldn't fuck with uh, Native American sacred areas. I think that. I really truly believe because that. Because Native Americans were are gonna fuck with you. Deeply. In 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 my soul, I truly believe you don't fuck with that shit. Why? I just do. Why? Because they made a movie about it? No, because I just really, truly, deeply believe it's like, somebody, if somebody puts so much energy into something to call it sacred, that that item becomes sacred, or that place becomes sacred. Okay. And maybe there is some sort of, like, in, like magic of intention. Is that why right? you get mad at our roommate for sitting in your chair? Yes, because <laughs> I have defined my chair as sacred. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. One day he's going to be cursed. Huh. One day. One day. One day it'll work. <laughs> All joking aside. No shit, I believe that. Okay. Okay. There you have it. There you have it. We don't have the truth. We don't have the truth today. Um, but you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTS Podcast. Mm-hmm. If you like what we're doing, you want to help us out, you can uh, like, review, and subscribe over on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you, you can write a review and say nice things. It really does help on iTunes. I know their algorithm is a big deal. Like, if people review and they say sure. nice things, it helps more people find the podcast. So, if you want to help us out that way, we'd really appreciate it. Um, if you really like what we're doing, you can find us over on Patreon, also at TTIS Podcast. You get videos and uh, cool extra merch that other people don't get. You get bloopers, bonus content, you know, that kind of stuff. I think stickers are coming around soon, right? Yes, stickers are coming around soon. I already yeah. have them in stock. I just have to mail them out. Heck yeah. So stickers are here. Get on that bandwagon now. Um, and if you'd like, you have comments, questions, concerns, you can email us at the truth is somewhere podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can find show notes and anything else important on our website at the truth is somewhere.com. Dot com. Thanks guys. <laughs>